Finally, that day came when she had to establish her own domain, but over his dominion, she had no reign. So one set out in pursuit of a higher fate and joined with two to form the third triumvirate. Journeys of departure branching into the unknown, but on these mics, this triad has found its home. In one accord, three she's offer you their counsel. Raise your frequencies to the Empress High Council. Great day, queens and kings, and welcome to the Empress High Council. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button. You can follow us at Try Empress on IG and Twitter, or you can just Google Empress High Council. This is the alchemist coming to you on the frequency of energy to transmute your social and financial currency into abundance. Welcome to episode five. Our roundtable talks are going to be on adaptive change. But first, let me set the table. What is adaptive change and what should it mean to you? Adaptive change in this context describes people who are flexible. They don't lose their cool when plans change quickly, and they're willing to learn new ways to do things. Being adaptive helps you sail along in today's ever-changing world. And change is the sum total of all things coming together. We're going to talk to you in this roundtable discussion about where you are mentally, emotionally, shifts in friendships, Reflecting on some of the things that you gave up, your perception of status, how you see yourself, and your level of self-love now. And of course, we're going to give you some tools. So ladies, my first question, where are you mentally right now? This is Nadia. Well, I will say that my goals haven't changed. They still have a deadline on them. I'm still in the process of wanting to learn, grow, and become more of a better person, as well as in my profession. But I know that I come from strength, and I'm equipped, empowered, talented, and surrounded by favor. But for the life of me, I feel stuck. So I've been taking it back to basics, spending time with myself, writing down my thoughts, adding and removing items from my vision board, conducting self-checks, and I've realized that when it comes to everyone else around me that need help, I am so ready and able to assist them. But my hands are shaking because I'm struggling too with helping myself. I would give 100% of me to everyone else while being selfless. I've been continually sacrificing my needs for everyone else's, and at the time, it didn't seem to bother me, or so I thought. Although I enjoy helping others, I have to put on my own oxygen mask first, and I have to make sure I am secure with my needs, not my wants, but my needs. And in order for me to do so, I have to start loving myself. So mentally, I'm starting to love me more. Wow, that's fantastic. Great sum up of where you are. Most people can't do that, you know, that's not easy. Well, mentally, I'm in the best place Ever. <laughs> Every year, I give myself a mental theme. This January, and Jackie, you remember I called you and I told you what my theme was for the year. But this January, I rose out the bed and I said to myself, this is my year of ascension. 
I claimed it, and the universe has provided it for me. I am happy, but if you know me, I'm just a very energetic, happy-go-lucky person, so that's just pretty much it. (laughs) All day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, emotionally, I'm in the same place. What about you? (laughs) Girl, emotionally, I am at an all-time low. And I only realized this when I started doing self-checks, right? I'm so used to having a boss, a supervisor, or a friend to confirm whether or not I am on the right track, whether I am doing this the right way or the wrong way, seeking their approval, listening to their opinions. So I've been constantly hard on myself, beating myself up because I realize I've conditioned myself to depend on what others think rather than putting importance on what I think. So it's been a process of reconditioning myself, leaning on and believing in my gifts, my talents, and my experiences so that I don't have to depend on someone else's opinion of me and how I show up. So it's kind of a depressive state. And then I had a checkup and my physician told me that I'm still dealing with postpartum depression. So I'm working on trying to come out of that. I noticed that when I work more and I put more into my projects, I'm working, I'm into it, and I'm focused. Once that's broken, it takes a while for me to get back. So emotionally, I'm trying to get out of the funk that I'm in. Are you sure with your physician's diagnosis, he said that it's postpartum, are you sure that your hormones aren't unbalanced? Because a lot of times these doctors tell us that it's postpartum, but your hormones may be unbalanced and maca root powder is good for that. You just take maca root powder every day, it balances your hormones and makes you energetic, brings back your sexual libido. I need some maca root. So wait, Jay, how do I use that? So you can put it it? in your juice, like a teaspoon of it in your juice every day in the morning or throughout the day. But don't take too much of it because it'll really have you (laughs) pumping on walls. I mean, I might enjoy that, but all right. (laughs) I'll take your advice. (laughs) Another thing that'll probably help you with that is, you know, balancing your chakras. Because we spoke a lot about that in the last episode. So I'm looking forward to getting a chakra check. But at the same time, and listening to what you were talking about, you have been in an abusive relationship due to the traditional formation of work. So you don't even think about yourself. You're not even focusing on yourself. So if you're not working, then it's like, I don't know what to do with myself. Exactly. Exactly that. And that's what a lot of people are going through. And, you know, being in corporate America for so long, I got to recondition. Definitely. Yeah definitely have to recondition. I'm just not the type of person that can work on a traditional work schedule because between three and six o'clock in the morning, that's my time to shine. Not between nine and five. (laughs) You know, I can get things done between nine and five. That's not a problem. But if you want to see me as a star and shine bright like a diamond, let me do that between three and six and then have the rest of the day to myself. Wow, three and six-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three o'clock, between three and six in the morning, people... I say this all the time. People are like, oh, how do you have all those licenses? When did you get time to go to school and do this? When did you get time to do that? How did you learn that? When did you do this? Between 3 and 6 a.m. And then I have the whole day to myself. I want to talk a little bit about shifts in friendships. I've had a ton of shifts in friendships, first of all, let me say that. From great professional friends I met in my journey from college to a professional 
to my what list new friends I picked up after I left corporate America on my new journey, to joining a business organization that provided me with structure, held me accountable, and responsible for myself and the success of others, as well as exposed me to millionaires on a bi-monthly basis and a weekly professional development training. There, I got a chance to meet some new professionals who were entrepreneurs, just like myself, who became my acquaintances, and a limited few became my friends. I understand shifting from economic handout to an economic landmount is a journey. You have to own the game, guys, instead of just playing the game. You got to look at what you can do globally. And if you don't know how to own the game, you find people who are winning. People who are willing to tell you and mentor you. And if you don't know how to do that, here's the secret question. And that's a great cliffhanger right there. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the answer to the secret question. To understand power, you have to understand the nature of those who have acquired it, which means what are their habits? Tell me a little bit about your shifts in friendship. Well... The shifts started happening when I wasn't able to show up for them. Who's them? The job? The friends. Oh, the friends. Oh, wow. Okay. So when I wasn't able to attend brunches, especially date nights with my boo, it wasn't any longer desirable. And it's not that I didn't want to be with this person. It's just that I didn't want to go out. I felt like my money needed to be budgeted differently. People don't realize, and it's no offense to anyone in particular, but people don't realize how much they drain you, how much they feed off of your energy, how much they pull from you. And because I show up for everyone 100%, I realized that I was mentally drained by the time I'd reach home and resulted in longer showers. And ignoring my daughter. Oh, wow. I just wanted alone time. Wow. Now, I will say that I got a lot more calls. Nadia, I need your help. Let's work on this. Remember the idea we had two months ago? Here's what I think. And those were more fruitful for me. Okay. Okay. Um, I had a lot more of fasting, people wanting to fast, like just to purge. Really? Just meditate and just clear your mind. What are some of the things that we gave up? So this is Jazz Aphrodite coming to you from the Empress High Council on the three universal frequencies of love, music, and numbers. Yes, I gave up my bends. I spoke about that in a previous episode. And we purposely made this fifth episode about change because five is the number of change, adaptability, freedom, and self-motivation. And you're most likely able to handle constant change if you're born on the 5th, the 14th, and the 23rd of the month or if the sum total of your name is five, or if there are multiple fives in your name. For instance, I have 10 fives in my birth name and four in my current name. So I can generally roll with the punches and bounce back quickly after change. But with all of that being said, in this newly defined space of uncertainty, have I experienced mental and emotional fluctuations? Yes. Have I lost friendships and relationships? Yes. Have I altered my lifestyle to be less materially driven? Yes. Do I still struggle with my positional standing in the world, especially as the money seems to go down? Absolutely. And it's the sum total of all of these yeses that bring on a depressive state from time to time. Wow. We're going to get into that, as a matter of fact, a little later on. 
I gave up my weekend speakeasies once again with my whatless new friends <laughs> who would come over my apartment and mooch. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I gave up some international travel. And let me not forget, I gave up my bins due to not wanting to pay the money to fix it because I thought the money, like you said, can be better allocated to somewhere else. So it's been sitting in my garage for four years with only 67,000 miles on it. That just sounds crazy, right? Absolutely. I did give up getting my nails done and my toes done frequently, as well as my makeup brand change to a lower cost brand. I was going to do everything and all the necessary changes to prolong me from going back. I was scared, and I mean PTSD scared. Scared to return to work to ask for permission from a rude, scaly, power-hungry person for a day off or vacation time. And for them to continuously steal and promote my ideas as they own and give me their rump to kiss as reward. What is your perception of your status right now? Like your self-reflection now that you don't have this position anymore, now that you're not in corporate America, now that you know that you've given up on some things what is your self-reflection? Well, I'll just say that I haven't given up much because the way that you treat the universe is the way that the universe treats you back. So I'm not trying to give up my facials, my dinners out, my movies, my music, my books, all of the things that I buy to keep me sane and happy. I'm not giving those because I need the universe to know that you need to provide those things, mm -hmm. even in the absence of a job. So let me just say, with that being the case, I think I have more of a higher regard for myself in this yeah. space because now I cherish who I am as a human being and I know what I can put forth as somebody in the world and what my output could be professionally. And so I'm not about to allow anyone to tell me to go back to work unless it's for top dollar. Oh, yeah. And I'm not about to allow anyone to tell me anything that is not aligned with what I'm moving toward. Because now that I step into a room, I'm representing myself. Well, I gave up some of those things. I gave up on the frequency. I didn't give them all up. But I do understand exactly what you said. But I did give up on the frequency of the stuff, but definitely not give it all up. Where I am financially is temporary. I'm struggling, but that's the bed I made for myself because I didn't really have a plan leaving corporate America. I just knew I had to get the hell out of here. However, when I do see a nice pair of shoes or a tire, I'm never like, damn, I could have had that or man, I'll never be able to have something like that. It's more like, oh yeah, once I get my things on track, I have to check things out. Although I appreciate the trial I am on right now, I don't embrace it. It's very uncomfortable, but it's making me hungrier. I'm laying the groundwork for bigger things, which will hopefully pay off in a few years. So in the meantime, I have to continue to write out my thoughts, create and repeat my affirmations out loud, and continue to show gratitude because this is not the end. I love that too. This is your alchemist here. Personally, I've always had a very strong view of who I am and how I represent myself to the world. My self-perception has never wavered. My mother constantly reminded me as a child that I was rich. And believe it or not, whether I had a dime in the bank or not, I always thought so. And I mean deeply, too. I felt that to my core. And that's how I've always felt. Therefore, <laughs> that's who I am internally and externally. I always thought that money was ever-flowing, endless and continuous however 
I do know that perception of status has a lot to do with two things. One, as we spoke about, is how you see yourself. And two, as we spoke about, in your finances. So let's tell the truth. For most people, consciously or unconsciously, money is directly related to their sense of self. Would you say yes or no? Yes. Absolutely. So depending on where you are mentally or your mental foundation, your perception of status can be like a seesaw, up today, down tomorrow. And as Jazz Aphrodite stated a few episodes ago, that's when doubt creep starts to set in. And let's be real, it can lead to some serious depression. And that's where we're going to go next. There's a relationship between power and money in your body, guys, if you don't know that. Royal family, money isn't everything until you don't have any. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there's a real relationship between money and your nervous system due to the physical and emotional responses to stress when you don't have enough to pay your rent or mortgage, lights, gas, car notes, children needs, whatever. There is a real relationship. So that leads us to the question of how you see yourself when it comes to depression. There's a spectrum of depression that I experienced. This is Jazz Aphrodite. The first on the lower end resulted from the loss of friends, status, and material possessions, as we're seeing. And it's not so much the loss, but the mourning of and longing for those things that kept me depressed. But then I realized that those things represented a symbolic death. And my acceptance Mm. of those parts of me which are now dead make room for the new. (laughs) Mm. Yo, that's so do- Yo, I admire you so much, Jackie. Like, wow. wow. <laughs> We're like, mm. I mean, and I'm not laughing at you ever. It's just like, yo, like, you just hitting it. They had to die so that new things can be reborn. So I poured my energy into becoming goal driven, and I created these goals for myself write my book, get the book published, build my website. And I found myself on the other side of the spectrum, micromanaging the outcomes of my goals, trying to orchestrate and control how they'll unfold. And when the rejection emails were coming in one after another from the agent queries, I realized that there are some goals that transpire when they're designed to, if they're designed to transpire at all. And that, too, made me even more depressed. Mm. So I set one lofty macro goal instead. And this lofty goal encompasses all of those micro goals, like the book and the podcast and my music, which now become tasks underneath that large overarching goal. Wow. And the goal is so large and unwieldy that I have no choice but to detach myself from it. And it reminded me of Deepak Chopra's seven spiritual laws of success. The sixth law being that in order to acquire anything in the physical universe, you have to relinquish your attachment to it. So it basically comes down to a set it and forget it situation. But then today was a day where I found myself at the midpoint of the depression spectrum. I found myself in between the longing for the past and aiming for the future, not really sure where the next move should be. So I decided to go outside to Prospect Park to be in nature because I learned a while ago That to remain in a depressive state is to sleep longer, is to watch TV, or be in a computer for hours at a time. And I didn't have the will to meditate, so I walked to the park instead. I didn't have an agenda. I wasn't going to figure anything out. I just went to walk for the full length and sit by the lake to watch the swans and the ducks swim by. 
And usually I take my shoes off to ground myself in the dirt, but it was cold today, so I just <laughs> hugged a tree. <laughs> I found one that connected with me, and I hugged that tree. Because most of us don't realize the tree is a divine God with hundred years or more of wisdom. And trees have also been through some difficult times, so they hug you back. And I talked to that tree. I figured I'm already hugging it. People are watching me like I'm a madass in this park. <laughs> so I might as well go full throttle and talk to the tree too. And I looked up at the tree and in true universal alignment, the tree has lived the cycle of birth followed by death, death followed by birth through many seasons. Its leaves were dying and falling off and the tree wasn't mourning the loss or trying to hold on to its leaves. Mm. It's just let them go, and it stood regally in its barrenness until the new season comes because it knows the new blossoms will bring something greater. And the tree doesn't make a big announcement about it either way. And what amazed me the most about the universe is I went to post a picture of the tree today on IG and found that I did the very same thing on this same exact day last year. Wow. Whoa. I hugged a tree at Prospect Park. Was Whoa. it the same tree? Let me find out you cheating. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did a different tree, the different tree this See, time. These one wow. night stands with trees. Mm. <laughs> it's that macaroot. <laughs> For real. Don't take too much now. Don't take too, too much. much of that macaroot. You be out there hug uh, humping trees, wow. not hugging trees. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love that. Jackie is such a wordsmith and yes, how she just she pulls is. everything together. And yeah. makes sense. I want to go out there now and just like hug a tree in the cold, but I do that a different way. But when it comes to depression for me, I have a rule. And the rule is a 20-minute recovery period. No matter what happens, jail, broken bones, hospitalizations, etc., I have to be mentally available. When a baby or a child falls, what do we do? We tell them to get up and carry on. We fall down, but we get back up. But getting back up is really on you. How long do you plan on staying down? See, depression and I don't reside in the same place, space, body, mentality, or vibration. And I teach that in my household from very, very young. Now, if you have a disorder, that's a different story. There's counseling, there's meds for that, stuff like that. But I live the very, very charmed life. Charmed life. Yo, that's a very nice way to put it, yes. I live the very charmed life on the good end and on the bad end. <laughs> And I don't have time. I never did. I never did. I've taken care of so many children and taken care of so many people. I always just had to get up and run, 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 run. I remember when my father passed away. And I had to get up, run, and bury him, do all the things that I needed to do. And I never got the chance to grieve or mourn his death. And still to this day, and that had to be like 1990-something. Because of the simple fact that I had to get to work. I had to take care of business. I didn't have any time. And I think that's when my 20-minute my 20 rule probably came in before that. But I think that's when my 20-minute rule was solidified. I had to get up, do what I needed to do, take care what needed to be taken care of. And I think I said, you know what, I'll just put it on the back burner. And what I'll do is I'll mourn his death and think about it later. And maybe like about a couple of months later, I decided to dial his telephone number. Nothing happened. It was like the number you have dialed has been you know, disconnected. <laughs> I said, oh, man, he ain't pay his cell phone bill this month. So I was like, oh, well, you know, so that's how I deal with things. I don't deal with it in mourning. I deal with it, the action that needs to be taking place at that time to move it off the table to allow something else to be there. I mean, it's good to know that 
you guys also know how to deal with depression because I didn't think I was normal. I don't think I've ever been depressed until recently. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know how to function Wow. in the depression because it's new to me. I'm like staying in bed too long. What makes me get up and move is my daughter because I know I have to provide. I know I don't want her to see me like this. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she sees me getting up every morning with her getting ready to go to work or so she thinks. But I'm using that to push myself to work on what I need to work on. Depression is something that's very real. I never thought I'd ever experience it. But right now, I see myself as under construction. All right. All right. That's what I'm talking that's about. Fine. That's what I'm talking about. I know I did mention counseling and meds for that. And also in depression, I want to talk about people who are still at work right now. One of my girlfriends works for a company. And she had a conversation. She called me. She told me she's going to the doctor. So the doctor put her on some meds. She needed Valium, Prozac. She needed something. I'm telling her, do not take the medicine. I'm talking about because I also have a life insurance and health insurance license. I'm telling her, don't get the prescription filled because you don't want that to be on your MIB, which is Medical Information Bureau. So doctors give you prescriptions, then they wind up on your MIB. The Medical Information Bureau is just like the Department of Motor Vehicles. It's just like your Social Security number for your medical records. It can be pulled up just like that. And next thing you know, you're uninsurable for life insurance or some additional medical insurance or whatever the case may be. Guys, we got to find other means to be able to handle our depression as well as work outside of medicines. And that other means, let's talk about what that looks like. That other means looks like self-love. What is your level of self-love now? How are you embracing it more or less? Well, right now, I'm spending more time with myself. I am reading and reciting daily affirmations. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to meditate and just continuing to enjoy my daughter and work with her and work on things that I like and still assist other people. But because I'm providing value, I have to remember that there is a fee for that. I can't keep giving of myself and not getting something in return. That's right. You need to monetize your efforts. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's the talks that I have with Jazz and the mentoring I get from the alchemists and my mom and different people that lets me know that I need to love myself more, embrace myself, feel up on myself, touch myself, kiss myself, all that. Nice. When it comes to embracing self-love more or less, that can be seen two ways in my case. Yeah, I don't get my hair, nails and toes, blah, 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 done as much as I used to. But I found more quiet, subtle ways to love up on myself. I learned how to garden. I know how to grow the best organic vegetation I've ever tasted. This year, I proudly harvested butterflies, 12 black swallowtails, and four monarchs. At first, it was by mistake because I was like, what the hell are those black and yellow worm-like things on my fennel? <laughs> so I was plucking them off and stuff like that. Then I learned what they were. And so now I had to make sure they got fed and watch them grow. And then I had to protect them from all the birds because now the birds are like, oh, wow, look, this is food. I can see it. So now they want to come and they want to eat. So at that point, I was like, okay, now I got to learn how to protect my butterflies. I have to say that my self-love right now is nature. I hug trees. I've always collected rocks as a child. So that's why I was understanding when Jackie was talking about, I've been hugging trees as a kid on a deal. I thought I was crazy. Oh, yeah, I thought I was crazy until people told me that's a real thing. So I've always collected rocks as a child. So now I study and seek out raw crystals and gems, and I go to crystal shows. 
I seek out and study herbs for all kinds of purposes. I'm embracing my inner natural nature of peace. So it looks as if I was taking a lot of things away, but those things just moved out the way in order for me to find yes, some inner yes. peace. And that's what's gonna happen for a lot of people. Ladies, any bad habits? Yes. Which stems from the depression, yeah. sleeping mm -hmm. too long. That's Wanting a bad to habit? Sleep long. For me, I should be working. <laughs> I need to move. I need to get up and move. I mean, I, I have faith that I can be better, but in order to make that happen, I have to work. I have to put in the work. So that's one of the bad habits mm -hmm. I develop. <laughs> <laughs> I took bad habits a whole different way. So let me tell you what my bad habit is, girl. My bad habit right now is I like to drink a glass of wine every night. But I have a glass of wine every night. But that's healthy, says the FDA. Oh, okay, great. It's healthy if it's red. You drink white. I'm drinking red now. I am. I started drinking red about four months ago. Three, four months ago, I started drinking red because that white, I was off the chain drinking that white. It was ripping white. up your kidneys. No, it wasn't even so much it was ripping up my kidneys. I was drinking this white wine. And next thing you know, the white wine had me turned up. Like I was starting fights and stuff. And I was like, I gotta stop drinking this crap. And I do have one more bad habit, royal family. Which is what? But a girl gotta keep her secrets. <laughs> Can't tell you everything. What are some of the tools that you guys have used? Any vision boarding or affirmations? I know you talked about affirmations. Definitely affirmations, daily affirmations. Mm -hmm. I try to say them every day, vision board. Mm -hmm. But you got to really add and subtract from your vision board. Absolutely. You know, what, realize what works for you, what doesn't work for you. So you gotta add and subtract depending on what your goals are. Having a vision for the future is very important. I have a vision board, but it's not the traditional vision board. Most people do their vision board at the beginning of the year. My vision changes throughout the year based on my access to knowledge and opportunity. I may do a vision board more than once a year. So I understand what you're saying when it comes to you have to update and change your vision board. I do have two affirmations. Well, one is actually an affirmation. The other one is an intention. I wake up with a daily thought. Do something today that shows that you deserve to breathe this air. And my intention is to make sure you provide an authentic compliment and bring a smile to someone's face today. So that's my intention and my daily thought. I really don't have a daily affirmation. Well, I have plenty. Yes. I have plenty, <laughs> and I have to give a shout-out to Maleo Nagesti for getting me in the practice of even saying daily affirmations. But I look in the mirror when I'm naked in the morning, and I say, I am love. Ooh, can I see? I am a masterpiece. I am creating a masterpiece. I am divine wisdom. I am psychic. I am spiritual. I am blessed. I am happy. I am living in abundance. I am greatness. I am manifesting greatness. And the list goes on. I spent like about a good 10 minutes with my I am statements. Guys, don't forget you can follow us at Try Empress on IG and Twitter. Or you can just Google the Empress High Council and you will find us. We're all over the place right about now. But we're going to wrap up with our closing affirmation, our closing statement. Don't, don't take, take swimming, swimming lessons, lessons from, from drowning, drowning people. people.